Amen. So glad to be here with you for Wednesdays together. I appreciate you joining us every time, every Wednesday. I pray that your soul is refreshed and that your eyes are turned to Jesus every time we meet. Amen. Well, here we are again, another Wednesday, another Wednesday with uncertainty still looming large in our lives, right, everybody? And, uh, well, if anyone thought we were going to be able to move on to another sermon topic tonight, um, well, I'm sorry, but 2020 simply will not allow that to happen. Uh, Here's the way I'd like to frame it for us tonight. We have been given an incredible opportunity to exercise our faith in God. That's really where we are right now as the people of God, to trust him like we never have before and to surrender all of our anxiety over to him in the midst of the chaos. So why don't we tackle that again tonight? Is anybody ready for round two of anxiety busters? Okay, that's what we're that's where we're going again tonight. Why don't we just pray right now for God to open our minds to receive this word from him tonight. Dear God, we love you. We surrender to you. Touch our minds, calm our spirits. Help us receive all that you have for us. Let us walk in the peace that only comes from you. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, anxiety is one of those problems that gives birth to all kinds of other problems. Um, It's kind of like, think about a fire in your house, okay? So it's like the fire starts in the kitchen and it then quickly goes to each room of the house. It kind of engulfs everything. And that's what it does with the house of your life, (laughs) right? And I can't think of any better way right now to calm our minds and our spirits tonight than to study the words of our Lord Jesus Christ who calls us to give our anxiety over to him. And so I'm going to be reading to you Matthew 6. Um, I'm going to be reading from the Sermon on the Mount and we'll be reading from verses 24 to 34. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? (laughs) Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Now he's preaching right there. If you didn't know, like Jesus, like that was kind of, you know, moving over to the pastoral. He's, he's scolding them a little bit <laughs> in that moment. He goes on to say, therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? 
for the Gentiles or the unsaved, the unbelievers, um, they seek after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now, in that passage, I can't think of a more appropriate passage that we could be reading right now. I'm sure um, just on a normal on a normal year, <laughs> on a year not named 2020, um, I'm sure a lot of us deal with anxiety. I'm sure a lot of us deal with borrowing tomorrow's problems. Is anybody going to help me tonight? Is, does anybody feel that same way? A lot of us have those same struggles. Now we have 2020 struggles on top of that. Now we have 2020 election day after election struggles. I mean, it's, it's just a lot, right? And so a lot of things that we could be anxious about. And in this passage, what I'd like to do is I'd like to just highlight three major things that we can glean from this that teach us about anxiety and teach us about what Jesus wants us to do with our anxiety. I would say that uh, the, the, the first thing I want you to get don't want you to miss because it really is uh, it really is pivotal to understanding the need to cast off anxiety as soon as it rises up. But um, it's it's just a simple fact that anxiety diminishes my view of God. Anxiety diminishes my view of God. This is the most profound counterintuitive thought in the entire passage because. We, we talked a lot about anxiety last week, what it is, what kind of emotion it is. We talked about actively casting it down. But many times we think of anxiety as an emotion that just naturally arises from the uncertainty of life, right? But Jesus says it is an emotion that is intimately connected to our deepest desires. What do I mean by that? Well, <laughs> what I mean is that we worry most about what we are devoted to most. I'm gonna say that again. The things that you worry the most about, the things that I worry the most about, those are the things that I am most devoted to. Now, I'll just, I'll just give a little example here, a couple examples to prove that. I hope no one holds it against me. I hope you don't think I'm any less of a pastor when I confess this to you that I don't really worry much about your children's grades. I, I'm not up late at night worrying about their report cards. I'm not taking antacid pills, trying to just, you know, um, trying to get by. Uh, <laughs> I love your kids. I want them to do well in life. I want them to excel in everything they do. I want them to be all that God has called them to be. But if we're being honest here, you're probably not up late at night worrying about my kids' grades either. Like, you know, <laughs> that's probably not something that you're worried about because it's really not your place to be as devoted to my son as I am, right? Okay, and now I'll tell you another thing. I, again, I hope, I hope you still love me, but I don't really lose sleep over what your boss thinks about that project you turned in last week. 
Like, I'm not staying up late at night worrying about that. Now, if you ask me to pray about it, I promise you I will. I will. And I will do my best to follow up with you, but I'm going to confess to you probably 10 minutes after I pray about it, I'm going to forget about it. And, you know, you want to know why? Um, Well, because I'm really good at casting your cares at the feet of Jesus. Like, I'm a pro at that. I pray about it, and I just trust God to take care of it. (laughs) Hey, God, I prayed. It's good, right? But like my own, yeah, I, I might be, you know, still thinking about that one more than 10 minutes later. Um because I'm not as devoted to your success on your job as I am other issues, other things, other areas in my life. Does that make sense to anybody what we're talking about? Okay, so what, so Jesus is laying it out very plainly. We worry about what we are most devoted to. And that's why Jesus starts this this discussion on anxiety by challenging what we are most devoted to, okay? Right out the gate, he challenges it. And and here's what I'll tell you, um, just kind of a side note, but it does help us in our study tonight. One of the greatest disservices that we can do to ourselves as Christians is to take Bible verses out of context, like, you know, we, we kind of like this verse, so we just sort of, we cherry pick it as kind of a, a term that's used for it. And it might be a great verse to memorize, but we don't look at it in the full context and see kind of how it was linked together. So, for example, Matthew 6, 25, that might be a verse that you've memorized. It's a, it's a beautiful verse, and it gives me peace. We, we read it. I'll read it again here. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Okay, that's a beautiful verse. But did you notice that the verse begins with therefore? And maybe you've heard this in studying the Bible or really anything. When you see therefore, you need to look above that and see what the there is for, (laughs) why it's there, right? Um, So we're going to look at the previous verse. Actually, it gives us the answer. Jesus is not like trying to make everything this big mystery. He just plainly explains what it is. And so in Matthew 6, 24, he says, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Okay? So Clearly, right here, Jesus calls it out. <laughs> Whatever we are most devoted to, that's what we'll be most concerned with. So when it's time to discuss anxiety, he starts with who we serve, okay? Are you serving him or are you serving the world? That, that's, that's what he starts with. That's his baseline. And then he goes on and says, if you are devoted to money, then that's what you're going to worry about all the time. Then he calls us to look to the reality that life is so much more than the stuff that we acquire. Life is so much more than what we can and cannot control. Life is so much more than pain and suffering or happiness, things that, emotions that are fleeting. But life is walking in the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God. You see, birds don't spend a whole lot of time um, worrying about saving right? Um, Yet they never seem to lack because God takes care of them. And flowers sure don't spend much time worrying about looking pretty, 
but they're so beautiful because God adorns their lives. The point is not that we shouldn't save or we shouldn't have nice things, but it's simply this. Those kinds of things, those can't be the primary source of our security. Um, They certainly shouldn't be the source of our worth or our value because our heavenly father will take care of those things. When we put him first, we, we heard a great sermon on that Sunday. If you didn't listen to it yet, if you missed it, go back and listen to it. When we put him first, he will take care of us. And the key point comes to us in verse 33, when Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all, somebody say all, All. why don't you type it in the chat? All, all these things will be added to you. In other words, be devoted to God. Worry about pleasing him and doing his will. And then God will take care of everything else. Now, we talked about this last week. He's not calling us just to have this faith that sits back and does nothing, (laughs) right? That just is like, well, I'm believing. I mean, I guess I'm just supposed to sit here and twiddle my thumbs. No, 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 no. Um, He's telling us to, number one, what? Obey. I mean, like, if you don't ever learn anything else from coming to church, the best thing you can learn, uh, two things. Number one, God is love and he loves you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad we, we, we got that. You know, um, at folks at home, you know that too? Number one, God, God is love. God loves you. Number two, if you just obey him, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. It, times might get tough. Times might get hard. But if you obey him, everything is going to be all right. And so he's not telling us to sit back and do nothing. He is calling us to obey God. Then trust him with the results for our lives. Trust him with the results for our lives. You know, anxiety makes God so small in our eyes. It makes us think that God is so small because it elevates, first of all, it elevates our problems, (laughs) but it elevates our own act of worrying above God's sustaining power, right? Like we think that because we worried about something, we we worked it out. It places our desire to obtain things and control and plans and and all of these things. It places our desire for that above what God's desire and God's plan is and having him as the focus of our lives. But my brothers and sisters, the good life, the best life, the abundant life is walking with God and letting him provide all those things. Is anybody grateful for that? Is anybody grateful for the provision of the Lord, for his goodness, for his mercy? And this leads me to another observation. I would tell you also, Jesus highlights the fact that anxiety diminishes my view of God's love. Anxiety diminishes my view of God's love. After he tells us to consider how well God takes care of the birds, he says, aren't you worth more than that to God? Aren't you worth more than those beautiful, helpless, vulnerable little birds? And after talking about how beautiful God made the flowers, Jesus says, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, he must have been in Texas when he wrote that, you know, which is alive today. That's a little bit in springtime. And then, you know, 
Um, by August, <laughs> uh, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Again, he is calling them out. Listen, you are believers. You should know better. You know who your God is. You should know better. If he cares about the birds and if he cares about the blue bonnets, surely, my friend, he cares about you. And if Jesus Christ cares enough for us to die the most horrible death on the cross, then we can certainly trust him with our bills, with our spouses, with the future of our families, with the future of our nation. We can trust him. And so here's a quote from John Owen that Um, well, I I feel compelled to share. Quite frankly, I I don't want to share it with you because it steps on my toes as well, (laughs) but I feel compelled to share it with you tonight. So if you don't like it, don't shoot the messenger. Maybe just pray about it, okay? And see if God will work on you like like he's doing with me. Anxiety for the Christian is completely irrational. I'm going to say that one more time. Anxiety for the Christian is completely irrational. It means you believe God can take us to heaven, but God can't handle your situation on earth. It means you believe that God is good for eternity, but he is insufficient for our time right here and now. That you believe God delivered us from damnation but he will not get involved with the details of our day-to-day lives. Wow. That's that's powerful, folks. That is a powerful truth. And and that's what what giving up anxiety is all about. It's trusting God right now. It's trusting him for eternity. It's knowing that he is all-powerful to overcome all of this. Here is this truth. It is impossible to fully believe in the God of the gospel and be anxious. I know that sounds harsh. I know that that is hard to take. But it is impossible to be walking in the fullness of the faith that we are called to when we are carrying the baggage of anxiety. Am I speaking the truth? Paul reminds us of this same thing in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, this helps me reflect on the fact that I am commanded not to worry. I am commanded not to worry. Y'all, that means the same way I am commanded to not commit murder, the same way that I am committed to not lying, to not gossiping, to not worshiping idols, okay, I must be committed in that same way to not worrying. I must be committed in that same way way to repenting of my anxiety and giving it over to him. And I'm going to pause here for just a minute and let that settle in, okay? I, I, I want us to understand 
There, there's so many things that can cause anxiety, but I'm telling you the, the spiritual root, when we can surrender that over to God, that doesn't mean you'll never have anxiety. You'll never struggle with it again. It just means that we have got to surrender that to God and we've got to know it's not ours. It was not ours ever. We were never intended to carry that, okay? We're never intended to carry that. And you know, the only way that makes sense for us the only way that any of that makes sense for God to tell us, don't be anxious, especially in 2020, the only way that makes sense for us is that God is going to take care of all the things that are making us anxious. Like he's not going to tell us to do something and then not help us in that area. He's calling us to do that because he is extending his love and his mercy and his grace. He is calling us to that. Paul here is talking about laying your problems at the feet of Jesus and leaving them there. Leaving him with the burden. Not picking it back up and walking back out the door. You know, like I talked about, I can pray for you. And whoo. And God, I mean, I don't even know. Some of you may really, you, you may really um, spend time in intercessory prayer, praying for other people. And you know, if that is something that, that God has gifted you with, then you know that can be a very heavy burden. I'm not making light. I, when God puts a burden on my heart to pray for someone else, I mean, it's heavy. And I feel it intensely. But I'm telling you, it's still, I, I could pray for a situation for 30 minutes, for 45 minutes, for an hour, and I could pray intensely. And then when I get up, I know that I've done what God asked me to do, and I can kind of just go on and trust him with the results. Why can't we do that for ourselves? <laughs> Why can't we do that for ourselves? So here's, here's I've, got, I've got something that might help you. Uh, maybe you've heard about this before, but uh, it's called the 15-minute strategy. Maybe if you've heard about this. Now, if you are just like, listen, I, you, last week you were talking about paying that man to do the worrying, you're the professional worrying guy. I don't want that. Like, I don't even want that. I, I just, I have to worry. I have to do this. I have to have this anxiety. I can't, I mean, I'll try to do better, but I mean, I, you can't expect me to come, to quit cold turkey, can you? I mean, it's just kind of a part of me. I've been doing this for so long. Um, okay, so if that's you, that, that's okay. I, I'm glad you're here. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you with something good, okay? So the 15-minute strategy, when you start to feel anxiety rise up, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you can kind of feel whenever things are, you know, things might be fine, but then all of a sudden you feel a little, oh, a little panic, or you start to feel confused, or things aren't flowing like they should flow, or you know, all these things. Okay, so you need to stop right then and say, nope, 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 not right now, not right now, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. I mean, whatever you want to do, call it out, just listen. No, not right now. Now, I know it's going to be hard because you're going to say, but, it, but it's been my friend for so long. I mean, I have to help the Lord. I have to work it out. Okay, so here's what you can do. You can just say, okay, just not right now. Just not right now. Like, don't derail me right now. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have 15 minutes in my day where I'm going to allow myself to worry. I'm just going to set this time every day. Like, you know, probably the end of the day because first thing in the morning. I mean, I don't know. You, you know you. You do you. Whatever. But I'm going to set this timer for 15 minutes of my day. And that's going to be the time that I'm going to worry. 
That's going to be the time that I'm going to have anxiety with this caveat, okay? So when that comes, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to worry out loud to Jesus. You might call it prayer. I'm going to worry out loud to Jesus. I'm going to give him my anxiety out loud. Don't do it in your head because you know when we're in our head, we're like in our head, right? And it's just, so just get it all out to him. Worry 15 minutes. If it's 17 minutes and you're still worrying, you probably need to start trying to seek victory at that point. Give it over to him, you know. But then end by praying this. Lord, I trust you with this because you commanded me to cast these burdens on you. And I thank you for answering them. Why don't you say that right now? Lord, I trust you. Why don't you put that in the chat? Lord, I trust you. Y'all, that is a powerful prayer to pray. When you feel things spiraling out of control, when you feel like, oh, Lord, I don't even see a way that you can make a way out of no way. But, Lord, you have commanded me to trust you with this. You have commanded me to cast my cares on you. So I'm just going to thank you for it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to obey. And I'm going to believe you for answering this situation. There's one final great point that Jesus makes about worry in Matthew 6, and I'd like to share that with you. Here's, here, here's, here's the truth of the matter about anxiety. Anxiety is false. Anxiety is false. Somebody say fake news. <laughs> Somebody say it's not real. You want to know why? Anxiety offers false solutions it makes false promises, and it offers false predictions. Remember we talked about last week, anxiety is worrying about stuff that hadn't even happened yet. But you're just, I mean, you're just sure it's going to happen. Um, it, it might make you feel a little better. Like somehow devoting energy to anxiety, like, like you're doing something productive. You know, like, oh, I just, you know, I got to do my part here. I mean, I, I saw this bumper sticker that said, it says, anxiety is my daily cardio. <laughs> now, I will tell you, if anxiety is your daily cardio, it is a workout. But my brothers and sisters, you're getting worked over. <laughs> and I will tell you, it's a terrible workout. Um, I hope it's not your daily cardio. Jesus points out two main problems, two main problems with all these false promises or assurances, or um, can I tell you this, that, that, our, that our flesh, like we in ourselves, we, we just kind of want to hold on to it. And he points out two problems with this. Number one, and, and neither of these are rocket science, neither of these are original with me, and both of these you probably already know, but both of these I'm sure you could stand to be reminded of tonight. Number one, worrying doesn't actually change anything. Hello? Hello? I, well, it could. It could give you an ulcer. It could give you cancer. It could give you all sorts of health problems. It could ruin your relationships. I, but, but, I mean, like the kind of change that we want. No, no, no. Worry doesn't do one thing positive for you. And number two, the vast majority of things we worry about never take place. The vast majority of things we worry about never take place. I've heard it described as paying interest on a debt you may not even owe. Now think about that. Anxiety is paying interest on a debt you may not even 
Oh, think about how many things you have worried about in your lifetime that never even happened. Jesus tells us that every day will have its own trouble. So don't bother worrying about tomorrow. Folks, I just, I just need to say this. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. There is fear mongering. There is all of this just anxiety building. Turn it off. Turn it off and get your nose in the good book. <laughs> Listen to some good worship music. Okay? Drown out the fear. Let your faith feed your fear. You know, it reminds me of manna that God gave the children of Israel. Think about that. It's kind of the converse of that. He says, you know, hey, there's going to be problems there already. Just don't worry about it. Well, same thing with manna. Uh, the children of Israel, they needed, they needed this supplied to them. They had no sustenance in front of them. Um, and so this food divinely appeared every single morning. It just showed up. It was just what they needed. And you know what? I'm sure there was even some gluten-free manna for people just like me. I mean, I'm sure God just took care of all of it. But it was only for that day, right? Why don't you say that day? That day. Type it in the chat. That day. It was only for that day. They couldn't store up the manna for tomorrow or else it would rot. It would spoil. The only exception was when? It was for the Sabbath, right? So just before the Sabbath, um, because they weren't allowed to work on that day, they were commanded not to work on that day, you could get two days worth of manna, and it didn't go bad. The manna offered a lesson in provision, but also trusting God each and every day. So what was God teaching them in that moment? Don't worry about tomorrow. I'll provide what you need tomorrow. Hey, I'm already there. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. I'll send more. I'll send what you need. I'll send whatever it is for whatever you need for tomorrow's needs, for tomorrow's situations. Believe me when I tell you this, tomorrow will have troubles. Tomorrow will have struggles. And the next day, and the next day, because we are not, walking on, on the streets of gold yet, right? That's just life. But anxiety only adds to those troubles. Charles Spurgeon, the masterful preacher, who, by the way, also struggled with his own anxiety, he said, anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but only empties today of its strength. Whatever tomorrow holds, God will be there to give you daily strength. Whatever problems come to our nation, we will trust in our God to bring about a mighty revival of people turning to him. Folks, I'm telling you, we, we've been comfortable for a very long time. This nation has been so comfortable that the Christians of this nation have been lulled to sleep. We have been rocked to sleep, and we don't even see the signs of the times around us. But, folks, we've got to get right. We've got to get ready. And we've got to determine in our hearts that no matter what comes our way, our hope is in the name of the Lord, in his strength, in his goodness, in his mercy. We can depend on him. We can count on him. And we don't have to be afraid because he has chosen us. 
He has chosen us to do his work and to do his will. You know, you could say it this way. Anxiety is a false prophet. All anxiety is going to do is lie to you and lead you down the wrong path. Lead you to do things that are contrary to God's word. And you know what they did in the Old Testament to false prophets, right? I mean, they, they got rid of them. <laughs> they, they got rid of them. And you need to do the same thing. You need to kill that anxiety as it rises up in you. You need to say, uh-uh, stop right there in its tracks. I am not going I'm not going there. I'm not going to entertain those thoughts. And you know what you need to do instead of that? You need to turn your attention to the one true prophet, the prophet who never lies, who never fails, who always keeps his promises. And his name is Jesus. Why don't we give him praise right now? Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And you know what? We have this most beautiful promise from him. And it's from our opening passage, Matthew 6, 33 and 34. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all, and all, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I've read that to you now three times. I read that to you now three times. Maybe you need to memorize it on the way um, home tonight. Uh, Or maybe those of you who are already at home, you're already in your PJs, go ahead and write it out on an index card. But you know, they always say put it on your bathroom mirror like we spend a lot of time in there. Put it on your fridge. You know you go there a lot right now. Uh, Put it on your laptop. Yeah, Sorry. That, what does that mean? I'm sorry. I'm speaking for myself. Put it on your laptop. You know you're there a lot or whatever, you know, where, wherever you're going to see it. Memorize that. Why? Because the God who saved you yesterday is the same God who's delivered you today. And he is the same God who will surely provide for you tomorrow. We don't have to walk in fear. We don't have to walk in anxiety. We can know that the church of God is called to this moment. The church of God is called to this mighty end time revival. And we can trust in God. He will protect us. He will take care of us. He will keep his promises and he will keep his cause. So I want us right now to surrender our anxiety over to Jesus in prayer. I want us to call on his name, to trust in him, to know that he is greater than any problem, any struggle, any uncertainty, any fear, any disunity, any division, any chaos. He is above all that. And folks, it might be ugly out there, but God can redeem that and make it something beautiful in our lives if we let him move through us. I wonder if we can all pray right now. If you're, if you're in your home right now, or if you're here right now, can we just kneel down? Can we just kneel down before the Lord in a place of humility? I want us to surrender over to God right now. I want us to humble ourselves and take this moment to pour our hearts out to him and trust him. Lord, I pray whatever happens, whatever happens in America in the days to come, Lord, let us be true to our calling as Christians first and foremost. God, we repent of carrying anxiety that we were never meant to bear and we surrender that over 
to you. We trust you for right now. We trust you for our eternity. And we trust you for our tomorrow here on earth. Lord, we know right now that we all need you. And God, we all need each other. Lord, we pray for your perfect will for this election. We pray for your perfect will for our nation, for our world. We pray for a spirit of healing and reconciliation. Let it flow from this place forward. Let it go around our nation, around our globe. Lord, remove the animosity between people, between all people, no matter the label. Lord, remove the animosity between black, white, brown, Democrat, Republican, Independent. Lord, let us rise up and live in a way that will bring glory to your name, to be an example for our children to follow. Help us see the opportunity we have as a nation to trust in you in this moment. And Lord, let us face these uncertain times in faith, not fear, with love, not hate, with hope, not anxiety. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I wonder if we can all give him praise right where we are. I wonder if we can all give him praise right where we are. God, we are grateful for your provision, for your goodness, for your mercy, for doing what only you can do in our lives. We are here for you. We are here for you. We love you. Whatever it is you need, please, you can call on your church family. We are here for you. We hope to see you Sunday right here in person. We've got a lot of safety measures in place to keep you safe. And so we'd love to have you here in person Sunday at 1030. We also, if you can't make it, of course, we have online service Sunday at 1030 in the morning. And then we also have at 7 p.m. Sunday evening. God bless you. God keep you. God strengthen you. Go be a light. Go let your light shine. In Jesus' name, we love you.